Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Setting up Peterson again. Block! Boilermakers do it! They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on! The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Palm alongside uh, head coach Dave Shondell. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about this week, coach. Uh, we'll get to previewing this upcoming weekend, opening the, the home season, the home portion of the 2022 season uh, for the Boilermakers here in a couple days. But first, let's talk about last weekend briefly. Uh, successful weekend down in Knoxville, Tennessee, 3-0. and uh, the team, it, it seemed from afar, looked looked very good considering it was the opening weekend. Yeah, Corey, I was uh, both very pleased and very proud of the way that our Boilermakers went to Knoxville and and played three teams, all with more experience than we have, because I think everybody in the in the world has more experience <laughs> playing experience right now than what this Purdue team does. That you know lost seven players of their top eight from a year ago. So. Uh, we opened up against Bowling Green, a team that I think has a really good chance to win the MAC this year. They have almost every good player back from last year, and then they brought two Canadians in that are going to light up the Big Ten. They're going to make an impact in the Big – I'm not the Big Ten, but the Mid-American Conference. So I was worried about them. I did not know how you know our team would respond in their first match, but um, we got it out, of, I think, a 25-23 win in that first set. and one-handedly in the second and then had another tough one in the third but we swept a good Bowling Green team then we turn around uh, the next day we play Loyola of Chicago who won won the Missouri Valley Conference before they packed their bags and went to the A-10 where they'll battle Dayton I think for a conference championship in my opinion Dayton's a little more bigger more physical team but boy this Loyola team can fly they've got some terrific outside hitters and some middles that, that have great experience and they're well coached and a setter that uh, had played at Minnesota uh, in a couple of years ago, kind of running their show. And uh, we beat them in three, uh, kind of jumped on them early. Kind of a funny story. Uh, it wasn't funny at the time, but when I filled the lineup out for that first game, the lineup sheet I was given was kind of opposite of what normally I'm used to seeing here at Purdue. And the net was at, at the top instead of at the bottom. And so when I filled it out, I put it in opposite. So not, not totally opposite, just the front row is the back row and so forth. And so um, the guy down official comes up to me and says, well, you people are all wrong here. I said, what do you mean they're all wrong? And he shows me the thing. I said, well, well, I thought this was the top and this, you know, this was the net and that was the bottom. He said, no. I said, well, can't we just change that? He said, no, it's already in the book. And so first time that's ever happened. Yeah. And... Um, so I'm thinking, boy, I just made this blown this thing wide open. Well, we get them turned around, so we're kind of just starting three rotations different is basically what what transpires. And we end up jumping all over them. Yeah. And we're up, before I know it, we're up 14 to 4. 
and we win that first set fairly easily, blocked a lot of balls, and, and then second game was tough. We trailed but came back and won, and then third game, you know, we won fairly easily against a good team. And then and we play Tennessee right after that. We have basically an hour and a half right. uh, in between those two matches, which is tough to even get a bite to eat, yet alone prepare your team to play a team that's picked to finish third in the in the Southeastern Conference behind Kentucky and Florida. So uh, I was a little worried about that, but we're doing all we can and makes my head spinning so fast trying to get, get ready for that. But we put a plan together and give our players credit for despite dropping the first set, um, they settled down and, and played really well. And I thought the last two and a half games we controlled really, really well. And that's a credit to, to Grace Balancefer, who came in for her first opportunity to play at Purdue, the transfer from Northern Illinois, who's right from right here at McCutcheon High School uh, in Lafayette. So it was great that she came in and played with such poise and delivered such a great ball to our hitters and actually blocked some balls. And what, what kind of happened in that match was Tennessee's got a, a definitely one of the top three or four players in the SEC. Uh, and uh, she's a left-handed opposite that just powerful, jumps out of the gym. Kind of a, a Samity from Minnesota type of a player for her okay. team. And they were setting her all the time, and she's hitting about 400, and um, we are having a hard time containing her. And then when we put Grace in, she's a smaller blocker, and she's on the opposite side of the net. Down, She's blocking right side where their kid's hitting on the other side of the net. So they start going away from um, – Fingal, who's really hurting us, yep. and they start going to their little less experienced left sides, and they're trying to hit over the top of Grace, but they're not having any success. Yeah. And that's kind of what altered the whole affair, was that they, they got, got out of what they were doing because they saw an opportunity to try to score over a small blocker, but they didn't do it. Right. And all of a sudden the momentum changed, and, and all of a sudden we loosened up in front of They had a good crowd. They had a, probably about 3,500 people in that match. Uh, a lot of students and a great place to play down there, Thompson Bowling Arena. That's one of the biggest places I've ever seen yeah. for a, a venue, uh, 21,500 uh, seats. And I uh, hate to be in there when they're all full. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we win uh, three sets, or th three matches down there when, it, when we could have lost all three because there are three really good teams and we're pretty, pretty green under the gills, as they say. But uh, we, we got a lot better as it went, and, and now I feel like there's a dose of confidence uh, in, in this team. And I, I think that, you know, we've, we had a good practice on Monday, not quite as good last night, but I think we'll bounce back tonight and we'll be ready to go on Friday, Friday morning, uh, when we open up on the home boards of Holloway Gym at, I think, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock versus Bradley. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll preview that yeah. one in just a bit. Yeah. Um, four set wins at 25-23. Yeah. Um, you, four of your, let's see, nine sets. Almost yeah. almost half of your your victories were two pointers uh, by two pointers. Yeah. I I know that can have all sorts of you know ramifications when it comes to mental approach and confidence to to pull out those you know four different times. You guys were trailing in the twenties. You mm -hmm. know, in set one against Bowling Green, mm -hmm. the the team comes together, rattles off three or four straight points, and yeah. the next thing you know, it's over. Well, I think that's just being at Purdue. You expect to win, and so I think that the the bar is set there. And uh, I felt like we had some players that really competed, and we talked all for all fifteen practices practice days that we had mm -hmm. about the difference 
of this team being successful or any team uh, in, in America being successful is going to be how many close sets and how many close matches that they can win and something we talk about daily. And it was great to see that when we got in, in almost every one of those situations, we found ways to win. And I'll tell you a player that doesn't get a lot of talk so far is Hannah Clayton. Mm -hmm. Hannah's a transfer from Iowa that I thought any time we got into a pickle and she was on the floor, she found a way to help us, whether it was with a block or whether it was a, a slide attack or an overpass kill. Uh, she she was really, really good for us in those three matches down there. And, and of course, she's a fifth-year kid, and she played like it. Um, I thought the freshman, Eva Hudson, who had a, a tremendous three, three matches down there, is one of the best competitors that we've ever recruited to Purdue. I mean, uh, it's no accident why you know, she's highly talented and, and has had success everywhere she's gone. She competes. She plays hard. And, and that spreads, you know, across the team. And we've got other Skimmerhorn. All of our backcourt players do that. Horning does that. Um, you know, I, I think that we can still get better in those areas. Um, but I think it's still a young team and, and uh, that will develop as we go. You mentioned Eva Hudson. Uh, we have to point out the fact that she did something no one at Purdue has ever done before. She was named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week and the Big Ten Player of the Week. Uh, that yeah. that's never been done by a by a freshman at Purdue, and she really came out on fire in that first match against Bowling Green. Sort of set the tone for the weekend. I have to wonder if anybody in the Big Ten has ever done that. I mean, it's one thing to be named Player of the of the of the Week as a freshman, but in the first weekend, the yeah. very first time they step on the floor. Uh, but that just tells you the composure and the confidence that she plays with. And from the very first swing, she carried us in that first match. Um, she was magical through the first two sets. Yeah. Every, no, every, like, every ball she hit you know, was scoring off hands or, or deep corner or hard angle. She just, she's got a plethora of shots, and she plays so high above the net. You know, she's 6'1", but uh, I think she touches about 10, 10 feet 6 inches which is you know, really remarkable for a, a kid that age that hasn't had a lot of strength training. So um, I, I think there's a really high ceiling for this kid, and uh, which is why we, we wanted her so bad and, and we're so thankful we got her at the end of the day. Certainly, uh, certainly good to see, and now that she's on film, Mm -hmm. uh, other teams are going to know a little bit more about her. Well, they certainly will. They're certainly going to pay more, you know, a lot of attention mm -hmm. to her. But I, I, I don't think we've got a real weakness in, in, in our offense. I don't think there's any. You know, we, when we prepare to play people, we're looking for that. We're looking for yeah. people we can sh shy away from to help out on the more valuable players. I just don't know how you do that with us, with the, 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 the arms that we've got. Um, you can try. And, and maybe be effective. But I, I think all we'll do is get better and better. Um, and we got some people having played a lot yet that I think can put balls away. So um, again, I hope this weekend as we play, there'll be opportunities for Lourdes Myers to play a lot more, for Emma Ellis to get on the floor considerably more because they did not get a lot of time down there and, and, they, and they certainly deserve it because they're, they're high level players. 2.6 blocks per set as a team uh, on the weekend, just mm -hmm. just under three yeah. blocks per set. Um, the last several years, you guys have been among the among the national leaders in blocks. Is it, I was wondering this last weekend as I was listening to Kyle call matches, is it a schematic thing? Is it a training thing? Is it a personnel thing? Is it a combination of all three that, that really makes the block 
yeah. sort of the, the foundation of this defense? Well, first of all, what's surprising is, is that you lose Trammell, mm-hmm. who was one of the league's best blockers. J.L. Johnson wasn't far behind. Grace Cleveland was by far the, the best blocking right side player in our league. Um, and the experience of, of Newton uh, as well. And you come right back and you p- pick up where you left off, yeah. uh, blocking a ton of balls. And I think athletically, that, that's really important to have that kind of athletic ability. Big hand. I mean, I mean, if you look at, at the hands that um, Maddie Cook has, she's just got gigantic hands. And, uh, and she's physical. She's strong. And she had a lot of those blocks. And then uh, Raven Colvin is just never stops working. You know, and she's doing such a great job of recognizing, you know, where she needs to be, and she's quick getting there. And you got the experienced player. Uh, although I don't think that Hannah Clayton plays as big as some of the middles that we've had. Uh, she blocks a lot of balls, gets her hands on a lot of balls because she understands the game, and that's important. And then we're always going to put good size. We recruit good size to the left side, and and when you've got whether it's Chen or uh, Hudson or. Ellis or anybody else out there, um, they're going to be capable of blo- blocking balls. So, also, I think that you know we try to prepare well for who we're going to play. We put a lot of time and stress into that, and so you know we always have a plan. And you know, just because you're blocking balls doesn't mean that you're effectively blocking because maybe you're just loading up all on one people person or two, and then they get set. You blocking, but mm-hmm. someone else goes crazy. Well, we, you know, we really didn't do that. And, of course, we were trying to load up on the Fingal kid from Tennessee, and yet it didn't matter because she was that good that night. Yeah. I know it's, it's unusual for this team to open the season on the road, um, but maybe with this particular group it was a good thing because you get that first road trip, you get that off-the-court bonding time um, with, a, with an inexperienced team that's mm-hmm. still getting to know each other. Yeah. Uh, how are they coming together? It seems like uh, chemistry-wise on the court is is pretty good. Is that all sort of part and parcel of the same approach? I, I don't think there's any problems with this team whatsoever. And I, I think the beauty of making that trip was not that we pulled together tighter. I'm sure we did. You know, the first time you make a trip like that, you know, you that happens. But we beat three quality teams that are going to help our RPI significantly. Um, I, I looked on one site that had the RPI futures based on where you are right now, you beat all the people you're supposed to based on your ranking and so forth, where you'll end up. And we're going to be in the, you know, right now, as of right now, be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So that says what our schedule is going to do for us. Our schedule's good. Obviously, you play in the Big Ten. That's going to help because you're playing good teams all the time. If you're not playing the three or four you know, bottom teams twice, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. So uh, I, I was just so happy that we went down and won all three of those because um, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't guarantee that was going to happen uh, with this brand new team. Yeah. Moved from 13th to 11th in the AVCA poll when it came out earlier this week. So that is, uh, that is noteworthy as well, climbing back towards that top 10. A lot, spent... of, a lot of really good teams. Yeah. I, I watched two of them last night. I watched at Florida, Stanford beat Florida 15 to maybe 11, something like that, uh, in the fifth. And both those teams have tremendous athleticism. They, they made a lot of plays defensively. Um, Stanford had some real trouble serving the ball in the court. Otherwise, it would have been probably a little quicker um, performance. But when they got it in, 
they were bullets coming over the net. So those two teams are going to continually move up in that pool from, from what I saw last night. Um, I think 11 teams of the top 25 preseason got beat last week. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily because they shouldn't have been top 25. They were losing to teams that were also in the top 25 as well in some cases. So uh, it's going to be a topsy-turvy um, top 25, I think, all season long. What you're finding out in, in basketball or volleyball is like men's basketball. Mm -hmm. I, I use that comparison. There's so many great players and there's so many great teams that uh, it, it's, it's just harder than it used to be, uh, I think, to, to maintain that top 10 or top 25 or whatever status that you are. But yet, yet there are a lot of teams that are doing it. Um, but it, it's going to be a great season for, for college volleyball, for sure. My favorite note from last season and, and the poll that came out Monday, Ohio State is 0-2. They fell from 7th to 8th because both of those losses came to Texas. And, you know, there's certainly no shame in that. The Longhorns are sent to the top spot for the time being uh, just above Nebraska. Louisville sitting there at number 3 and, and uh, on the docket in, in a week. little bit over yeah. a week for the Boilermakers. I know it's maybe it's just coming to, to people's attention more because the, the sports are more of a spotlight, but there's a lot of teams that are getting out of conference, you know, top 25, top 10 matchups mm -hmm. uh, this season, it seems like. And it's just, it's really great for the sport. And I, I just think that's a result of the, the magnitude the RPI plays in volleyball. First of all, you know my thoughts on that. It plays way too much. Mm -hmm. uh, the committee looks way too much in an RPI that has been taken out of basketball. Yep. Because go. it wasn't it wasn't a, a very good barometer, a very fair barometer of of how good teams really are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but volleyball is still using it um, like there's no tomorrow. And so teams are now having to, you know, go out and try to schedule really really good teams all the time. And that's great, you know, great for the fans and everything, but it's terrible for allowing athletes to get playing time. You know, you're, you're out there fighting for your life every time you step on the floor. And I, I just don't think that's the way it should be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not fair to the – you got 17 players on a roster. Where, when are you going to get those guys opportunities to play, those athletes the, the chance to prove what they can do besides in practice? So I, I think our schedule this year is pretty, pretty, pretty tough. We're not going to be able to do a lot of experimenting. Uh, but I hope there's going to be times where we can get the younger players opportunities to get on the floor because when the Big Ten gets here, it gets doubly hard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like you know Minnesota's playing at Texas tonight, and so that'll be another top five yeah, matchup, I think. Yep. Um, Texas one, Minnesota's three, I believe. Yeah. So that four. four. So that will be a brouhaha down at Gregory Gym for sure, and hopefully that will be either streamed or on TV somewhere because I'd love to watch that one. I did, like I said, I watched the one last night, which was a great contest and fun to watch. Mary Wise, the the former Boilermaker, coaching in you know she's she's been coaching a long time. I think it was her 28th year at Florida, and she was a few other places before that. What a great job Mary Wise has done. Uh, the most successful woman coach in the sport of volleyball ever. That's and awesome. uh, she played here at Purdue University. Mm -hmm. So congratulations and our, our program. Very proud of her and, and wishes her the very best this season. For sure. We uh, <clears throat> Texas, Minnesota on the Longhorn Network tonight. So okay, I'll get that. You got the Longhorn yeah. Network. Tune into that. We'll preview the upcoming weekend in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine. Inspiring health. 
Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Let's turn our attention to this weekend. You open on the home boards uh, with Bradley, 10 a.m. Friday morning, uh, after what uh, we all firmly believe is going to be a rousing, wonderful night. Uh, the night before at Ross Age Stadium, hopefully you're able to take in some of that. Before, I'll be there. Before you got to I will be there. I, I can't see. I, I'm not around for many of the home football. Yeah. Uh, game. So when, when I am, I, I want to be part of it and I want to soak in as much of that atmosphere as I can. So that will be fun. And I know that uh, Coach Brom feels good about his team, but Penn State, uh, they got a coach that feels very good about his team as well. So it will be good. I know it's about a, a, a field goal difference right now in favor of Penn State from what, what I've read. But um, that will be fun. But then, yeah, 10 o'clock in the morning, we've got Bradley, who's picked fourth in the Missouri Valley Conference. And uh, they, I think they went one and two the first weekend, probably beat who they should have and lost to who they should have based on everything that I know. But uh, they've got some, some good athletes. And, and uh, again, they, they've been building and getting better and better the last three or four seasons. And, and that will be a good opener for us on the home court mm -hmm. uh, at 10 a.m. Of course, on a Friday, students aren't going to be able to, you know, probably be there as, as big as you want. So that will be a match. There'll be plenty of tickets available yep. for us. So, you know, all these matches that are sold out already, um, here's a chance for our, our community fans to, to get out and, and watch some good college volleyball. And a chance for uh, students on campus to, to pull up the stream live on uh, Big Ten yeah, Plus. Yeah, for sure. For free on campus. You can you can watch Big Ten Plus for free on campus at 10 a.m. Not that I would ever recommend you do that while your professor's yeah. up at the front of the room talking. But uh, uh, then you turn your attention uh, to the nightcap Friday against Utah. They're running Utes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a team, the last time we played them, Corey, they beat us uh, four years ago in the uh, second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, the committee shipped us out, Danielle Catino and Sheridan Atkinson and Azaria Stahl and, and others, Ashley Evans, Brooke Peters, uh, Blake Moeller. Uh, they, Great team. They sent us out to Utah, and it was the best team Utah's ever had. And they... Uh, they beat us in a really close game. I think we won most of the categories, hitting and blocking and so forth, but they ended up winning the match. They had a couple of great players on their team, and they ended up almost going to the uh, Final Four. I think they lost a five-setter to Stanford the, the next weekend. Uh, so they were they were really good, but uh, I know Danielle Catino and Azaria Stahl are going to be here for that match. They're going to be in town, and awesome. I know they'd like to see our team get a little payback for them uh, when Utah is here. But uh, the, Utah is a team that, you know, matches up well in the Pac-12 year after year, and they're going to have athletes that look look big and physical. And, and um, they got transfer from Wisconsin, an outside hitter named Jardine. That's from Utah originally. That's given them a, a lift on the outside hitting position. And, um, you know, I have watched a ton of them. I watched some of them on tape and was watching them just before we met. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're well coached. They're going to be solid, and that will be probably the, the highlight of the weekend for our, our fans to see a Pac-12 team come in here and play the Boilermakers. Definitely. You can watch that game live on the Big Ten Network mm -hmm. Friday night. And then uh, Saturday, Utah, before we move past you, 2-1. and one, their, their lone loss last week came Kansas. to Kansas, a top 25 team yeah. uh, there in Salt Lake City. So certainly a, a, a capable team there. Turn your attention Saturday to Milwaukee for uh, to wrap yeah. up the the Reamer Club. Three o'clock matinee. Three o'clock matinee. Um, 
Milwaukee lost a heartbreaker at Notre Dame um, Sunday, mm. I think 15-13 in the fifth. Um, but they've been a program that has done very, very well in their league. And, um, you know, again, we scheduled them because we feel like they're going to win plenty of matches. Uh, we just hope one of them's not against us. Right. So, um, you know, that, that, that will be, you know, soon after. It's a lot of matches in, in a short amount of time. Again, kind of like last weekend, we played three matches in, in 32 hours, and this will be very similar um, this weekend. And, but I, I think our depth helps in that. I mean, we've got, we got a lot of very good athletes on our team, and, and, I, and I hope that we're going to be able to give lots of them opportunities to show what they can do in front of the home crowd this weekend. One fun note about uh, Saturday's match against Milwaukee, the Big Ten Network has partnered up with Volleyball World this year yeah. that was announced at media day yeah. um volleyball world and an international platform that really does a great job showcasing the sport the the match saturday against milwaukee is going to be uh on big 10 plus but okay. also on volleyball world picked up worldwide yeah I, I haven't seen the schedule of of who they're going to cover but volleyball world is all, anybody that loves volleyball is familiar with that and they can watch so much international pro game or the international teams each country, and uh, it's it's a very popular, um, you know, forum for all these these people that truly love the sport of volleyball. And we've got several of them on our staff right now, and uh, and so that was a great thing for our all of all the athletes in this country because they're going to be seen across the world now, where that really wasn't a, a possibility before. And I think those that want to play professionally are going to get looked at. Uh, a lot more now because they're going to be visible in those countries that do have big-time professional volleyball and like what they have here in America. They're trying to get it started, yep. a, another attempt here in America, but it's small potatoes compared to what's going on in in most of the countries in Europe and then Japan and Russia and Brazil and, and other places. You mentioned uh, the, the staff has some volleyball junkies on it, uh, a staff full of that, I, I would think. There's some new faces or some, some familiar faces and new roles on your bench uh, this, yeah. this fall. Tell, tell fans about the new one. Well, uh, Michael Burrell, who was our grad manager the previous two seasons that was a longtime manager at, at Penn State, uh, is a brilliant mind in, in the game, and he's an analytics guy. And so he's great at watching and, and scouting opponents and, and figuring out in a different way than I um, what, what to expect. Uh, matter of fact, when he shows me his paperwork and his, his all this stuff, he has to break it down a little bit for me because it's a little high tech. Uh, I still do the same amount of work that I normally do. I just do it a little bit more old school. Mm -hmm. And so when we combine those things, I feel like it's a pretty effective way to move forward against whoever we are playing. But um, I, I credit uh, Mike Babinski, our athletics director, when I asked him, can we find a, a permanent spot for Michael? And he asked me why, and I told him, and, and because we had an opening in another position here, we basically took that cash and, and moved it to Michael's, and um, plus some more. And uh, it worked out really well. So Michael's back, and hopefully he'll be here for a long time. He's been great for our community because he also um, is involved coaching some young kids uh, in the local club. Then we have uh, Ben Catrone, who is another manager from Penn State, that is our grad manager now. And uh, Ben and Michael couldn't be any further apart in how they operate. I mean, Ben's this loose, happy-go-lucky 
uh, guy that uh, you know everybody just really appreciates, and he's willing to do anything or any, for anybody. He's a, he's a great guy, and uh, and so he's he's still trying to figure out you know where he's going to fit in and all the different things he's what his role is going to be here. We just started, uh, but he's he's been great, and and uh, everybody loves him. And then our our volunteer coach is Anise Havili, originally from Dallas that played at Kansas and was a first-team All-American and then played uh, three years of pro volleyball and just that wasn't for her. She wanted to be back in, in America and um, wants to coach. And so we, uh, we talked and, and found a way to get her here. And um, she's very special. She's going to miss our weekend when we play Ball State and um, Northern Kentucky uh, because they're retiring her number at the University of Kansas and hanging a banner up on her behalf. So I told her that's probably a pretty good excuse yeah, to, to be missing. So we'll <laughs> we'll we'll uh, uh, give her the benefit of the doubt. But she she's able she's allowed to play in practice. Your volunteer coach can play and compete in practice. And so um, lots of the time across the net, we've got a pretty good setter. We've always got a pretty good setter, but in this case, an elite setter that's got great experience and can try to find ways to take advantage of the the first unit. And uh, so really happy with our staff. Um, uh, again, I, I thank our administration for giving us these positions and, and that we, we have all we need um, from that standpoint to be successful. That's, uh, that's really awesome. There's not a lot of coaches in America who feel comfortable saying that. Uh, yeah. You know, that we have all that we need. Yeah. Everybody always wants more, right? Well, everybody wants more because somebody else has it. Yeah. And we don't have everything that everybody has. For sure. And we never will. We have enough. Um, that's not going to be a reason why we're not going to beat people. Uh, we have everything that that reasonably. We we got a couple of practice players uh, as well that are that are great great people, uh, Kellen Burns and, and Owen um, Mahim, and uh, they're unbelievable people and and great volleyball players. And so to have them in there as well, a managerial staff of about seven or eight this year of, of mostly females that are just really in there that love the game or high school players and this is their way of staying involved. So I'm really walking into our gym and, and you've been in there enough is a great place to be. Yeah. I mean, of all the things, all the things that I do that are part of this job, walking into that gym for practice is the most enjoyable part. Love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, one last thing we want to do this week. Uh, there's, there's been some really great happenings on the alumni front. Mm -hmm. Um, got, couple three former boilermakers who are tearing it up with with usa volleyball and right. we've got a handful of others who are uh yeah. heading overseas for their pro seasons well certainly with the usa team right now we have three former players that have been actively involved um ashley evans just played was it the pan am cup was yep. that what we're describing that cup. as it was it was kind of the second unit of, of usa mostly younger um graduates that were playing on that team a couple of them that are still a couple players still in college for that matter but they finished third in that, and, and uh, for Ashley, you know, anytime she puts that USA jersey on, it's a dream come true for her, and it would be for anybody. But happy, happy for her, and and uh, she she loves that. And then uh, Annie Drews, who everybody's familiar with, who uh, helped the USA win the gold medal a couple of years ago, the first one ever for the women's USA team in volleyball, and Danielle Catino are both in the top 18 players in the country that are training with Karch Karai and the USA team. And, and they just uh, had a, a, a turkey cup or some kind of a cup. And they played turkey three times 
mostly it's just a friendly competition, but I think the USA won all three of those. But for Danielle Catino and Annie Drews to be two of the top three opposites in the country right now, uh, Jordan Thompson, who played at Cincinnati, uh, out of Minneapolis, is the third. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's quite an accomplishment. Something I, that our our program should be, our fans should be very very proud of and excited for. And um, I think we you know, we have more headed that direction as well. And then uh, I know you said Blake Moeller. Yeah, Blake Blake just left uh, uh, to play professionally, and I I wish I had the information in front of me exactly where where she is. I believe she was in Germany last year and uh, I just don't know where where she's off to right now I can even look at the name of the of the particular team and not know where they are over there because there's so many good good leagues in Europe right now and she's playing there I think um, Sheridan is going is going back she'll be be playing professionally as will the three that we talked about mm -hmm. uh, I don't know for sure about Azaria Azaria Stahl and Danielle Catino Amanda Neal um, Shivana Catino and I believe Caitlin Newton will all be back this week for our, our tournament uh, for some of it. So our fans will hopefully be able to, uh, to say hi to those guys that made such a big difference. And, you know, I, I talked about this before where how volleyball has taken off with the Big Ten Network. But you can go back to the Carol Dewey days and, and through that where our, our players now are so fortunate because of so much of the work that went on before they got here. And you talk about you know the coaching staff and the facilities and the schedule and the volley was it volley world or whatever you called yep, it. Volleyball. I mean, and 55 matches, Big Ten matches on on national TV this year. Um, players now the recipient. They've worked hard and, and they're certainly great players, but yeah. they have been been benefited from what the people have done before them. So great to see some of those, uh, some of that foundation continue to have success. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Dave, we've touched on a lot of stuff. Uh, one more, one more call to action. Get out to Holloway Gym this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, three great matches for the Boilermakers. Some tickets still available. Tickets are, are available, and, and what a great weekend! And, and I think our fans will love this team. And I told our players, I think on Monday, I said, guys, if we can go six and zero. Oh, and, and have some of the wins under our belt. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to help us have a successful finish this year, too. So, I mean, every, every match is important, but, but my goodness, if we can get the fans behind us. And, and trust me, somebody asked me what the difference was of playing at home and on the road, and, you know, we had success down there. I said, the difference is when I walk onto that floor at Holloway Gym, I expect to win. Yep. I always expect to win. And um, it's not always that way when you go on the road. And the numbers, no matter what team you're at or what school you're at, numbers indicate it's harder to win on the road. But we need to get, the, get our fans out. And, and our student fans are the best in the land. And uh, I know our band's fired up. And uh, I, I'm hearing a lot from our community people that they're fired up. So uh, let's pack it every chance we can. Can't wait to see it. Boiler Good luck up. this weekend, Coach. Boiler up. We'll catch you next week on Dick City.